You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlander, and remember to sprinkle that pixie dust around, grab that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland with me, your host, the head loss boy, Spider Pan Jeremy. It is good to see you here today, especially after having been gone at that conference, or actually they called it an institute while I was there, so I guess I've been institutionalized for the last week and a half. But I learned a lot. We'll talk about some of the things I learned that hopefully will improve the show at a later time, but uh, right now we just have so much stuff we need to get to on the show that I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about talking about some of the th- changes that might be made around here. One thing you're going to notice is different, though, is Lost Boy Eric. Uh, well, I can't seem to find him this week, but that's okay. We have some fun new guests on here, because, uh, I'm, well, I'm sure you've been on the show before, but uh, everybody say hello to Mike Emke, head of the Weeby Geeks Network. Hello? Don't run away from your feelings! Oh, hi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the <laughs> other voice you just heard was Jeff, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, if it's Revier or Revier, because it could be French. It's... Paul. Sorry, it's like Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm about to say, we know a Paul Barry, but uh, he sounds entirely different from you. <laughs> so so that's Jeff Paul. So we don't have Eric, but we have a couple of new friends to be able to talk to, and so that is always fun. We like having new people down here in the Neverland. They're joining me for an interesting and uh, in-depth conversation we're going to have that's uh it's an uncomfortable topic as we try to keep it positive around here uh and i try to just call it the elephant in the room that we were just going to point out and say look an elephant and then try to leave alone but it seems certain celebrities won't let us leave it alone uh so we're going to have to deal with it later and parents i will warn you when we get into the topic because there may be some bits of it that maybe you don't want your kids to hear so when we get to our main topic i will of course let you know and give you another reminder that you might want to send the little ones out of the room and if you think it's okay for them uh later after you've listened to it feel free but it's totally up to you uh all i can say is there were definitely some twitter comments that i'm not going to read but the content of which is definitely not kid friendly so with that out of the way there was a ton of news to talk about because i'm a week and a half behind so we better go and read up and see what's been happening It's 
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, well, one of the first news things I want to jump into, good old Yeehaw Bob has a new website. Has anybody taken a look at this? It's, a, it's at bobjacksonmusic.com. Have you all taken a look? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I think he's trying to show showcase that you know he does a lot more than he being Yeehaw Bob, and he's got albums and all kinds of different things. And I'm encouraging everybody to go and visit the website, check out some of his other music, his original songs, and download, buy some stuff. Uh, it's a really cool looking website. It looks really nice, and I just wanted to tell everybody it existed. Uh, some other news, and I probably should have mentioned this before. We have a new pixie. And this is fun. So, uh, are y'all up on your scales and your arpeggios? No. <laughs> well, you better work on that because Pixie Amy has chosen the nickname of Marie. And she says, because Marie is my favorite movie character. Now, the only Marie I could think of is in the Aristocats, so I figure that's what she means. Now, the, the name Marie wouldn't be quite the nickname, though, for a good pixie, so I've decided I'm going to dub her Kitten Marie, that we know we know exactly what she talks about. So we are in the presence of Aristocat aristocracy. So everybody welcome Pixie Amy, Kitten Marie, to the Neverlanders. Hooray! But uh, now we have to get into our, like, regular news. And uh, this... Are you guys prepared to be excited? Uh, yeah. Well... Sure. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is turning 90 this year. So November 4th on ABC, they're actually going to have a two-hour special from 8 to 10 p.m. I figure that is Eastern Mike time. Uh, on Sunday, November 4th, a two-hour spectacular on ABC. that They're saying it's going to be a big, elegant affair with star-studded musical performances, a bunch of tributes, and some never-before-seen short films. Now, I don't know what they mean by never-seen-before. I don't know if there's some animation of some things that kind of were being worked on and that just didn't quite quite come to fruition. Maybe Walt wasn't happy with what was going on. I'm not sure what all is going on with this, but it's celebrating Mickey Mouse at age 90, which the cool thing is, and I hope they don't leave this out, that also means that Minnie Mouse is going to be turning 90 because they're basing this on the November 18th, 1928 release of Steamboat Willie, which Insider Disney fans know that actually wasn't the first Mickey Mouse cartoon. It was just the first one that really got the big release and had the sound because there was a couple of other ones that uh, they were... They kind of put out without sound and Walt wasn't quite happy with them and so they just kind of pulled them back put sound to them and re-released them and they were just playing crazy <laughs> I made it funny nobody else well, thought it was it, funny it was, <laughs> it was what's little known was the actual voice because it was silent with Mickey Mouse was he kind of sounded like this and when the throat cleared up it sounded like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that uh, but this is actually going to be happening at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. And somebody named Don Meischer, or Misher, I'm not sure how to say his name, is going to be directing the production. And it looks like, uh, where did I just see it? We have a host. Um, and I lost track of who the host was. But this is, you know, mark your calendars, November 4th. Uh, I figure for my time it's going to be from 7 to 9 on, 7 to 9 on ABC a complete birthday party for Mickey. And I'm sure the parks is going to have something huge as well. 
Uh, anybody got any special plans to celebrate Mickey Mouse's birthday? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. Be at Disneyland on the 12th. Awesome. For my birthday. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> they might have started some celebrations by then. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna have to keep uh, an eye on. It. I'm sure the parks has got to do something big. It's gonna be work. You work for me like normal. Yeah, but at least you get to work at Epcot, and that's kind of cool. Oh, uh, let's see, November? Yeah, it might be cool. <laughs> but boom. Okay, Florida joke. Okay, now I did have an article to go with this. Uh, this, though, happened while I was away. It's It's been actually a couple of weeks, but Disneyland is now officially starting people at $15 an hour. I did have an article attached to this from the Orlando Sentinel, or, or not the Orlando Sentinel, but the Orange County Register. But if I don't subscribe, I don't get to read the whole thing. But they're saying this is a good thing overall for unions in California because I guess the workers' union and the cast members is what kind of pushed for this. So they're calling this a victory for unions at $15 an hour in Disneyland and in my opinion the cast members in a Disney park really do earn that $15 an hour because they really go out of their way for good customer service so uh, I think that's really good I I don't know if in California that really helps a whole lot because California things are kind of expensive but that's I like that yeah I'm going to move out your way because of it (laughs) being so expensive out here yeah, see, that's why it's nice to live here in Kansas City, Missouri, because uh, at least I don't live in California. <laughs> <laughs> if I move near a Disney oh. park, I'm going to Florida. Well, we won't talk about uh, contracts here in Cal- in Florida. Well, okay. We we are still under negotiation, ah. and we're all we're almost at a year mark for negotiations. Weesh. Well, if they can if they can pay a fifteen an hour at Disneyland, I'm sure they'll come around to something at Walt Disney World. You know that's that's got to help knows. in your favor. Uh, well, yes and no because it, it's looked at as two different entities. Mm. You know, because it's the Disneyland Resorts, it's the Walt Disney World Resorts, um, and uh, you know, cost of living and yeah, yeah, the conditions are totally different between the two, but not by much. I mean. And, I, and I'm not saying anything. I mean, obviously, I'm not giving details of what's happening. But I, but to say we're still under contract negotiations, just go look up Walt, Google Walt Disney World contract negotiations. It's all there. Mm. So, I mean, it, it's public. So, I mean, it's not like I'm not showing anything I'm not supposed to. It's all public. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure just you're careful about it. that. I'm, Oh, gotta be. Yeah, otherwise they give people the boot. Yeah. Well, I I will say, um, when they did Spaceship Earth to the Death Star, I knew about that eight weeks before it happened. (laughs) And you were just sitting on it like, oh, I can't tell you, but this is going to be so cruel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and I will say it looks better than uh, in person. It looks better in person than it did. On TV. Yeah, I'll bet. Or on the internet with the streaming. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, I hope they do it again sometime. Maybe when Star Wars Land opens there and we get Galaxy's Edge open, you know, do it again just in celebration. Maybe I'll be there, but I probably won't. 
Uh, next thing on there, I have, I'm speaking of Disneyland, I've got a little bit of sad news, and I, I searched around the internet to find some confirmation. The only real confirmation I have is that this comes directly from Edmund Velasco, who actually is a, uh, a, a musician with the hook and ladder. Uh, this is pretty much a continuation of the Firehouse 5 Plus 2 in Disneyland, uh, but he stated out on Facebook, said the hook and ladder company was just given their end-of-run notice. Their last day is September 18th. These guys are great, and it's a shame that they will no longer be at the park. So I, I haven't seen any official releases from Disney, but he put that out there. Paul Berry of A Window to the Magic has been sharing it, and that's I asked him, well, who's Edmund Velasco? And he to, he's the one who told me he's part of Hook and Ladder. Uh, so the, I, we can call this a confirmed story, despite no one else really running with it, and I just wanted to share it. I don't know why they're letting them go. I'm not sure if they're planning something new, because usually when they when they get rid of something, they're bringing something else in. But this is unfortunate because having that connection to being like the original Firehouse 5 plus 2, uh, it's sad to lose something that is so iconic uh, that's been around since the beginning of Disneyland, pretty much. All right, since no further thoughts, we're moving on to outside of the parks. I don't know if you guys heard about this one. This this is so ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to pull up the link here. I got this from the BBC.com because uh, I don't remember the name of the leader in China. Uh, I don't know exactly what they call the leader in China. Um, he's yeah, he's just known as Chinese leader, and it's I guess it's Xi Jinping. Uh, his political opponents have compared him to Winnie the Pooh. Therefore, he does not like anything of Winnie the Pooh, and he has actually stopped Christopher Robin from opening in China. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, wh what the heck? Really? You're just going to be offended by Christopher Robin? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you gotta expect if you're gonna be in any sort of political position, especially here in the United States, you gotta expect you're going to get criticism in many forms. You need to just dust it off and move on. I mean, really, you're gonna block Winnie the Pooh because people have compared you. And looking at the picture of the guy, he kind of he looks like Winnie the Pooh. He's kind of little chubby, but he's got this nice smile. And I'm like, yeah, I can see the Winnie the Pooh in the, your appearance. And that's I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. But I, then again, I don't know what it is that his opponents and critics have done specifically with Winnie the Pooh that has offended him. So uh, what do we all think about the uh, live action? And I put in quotes because of the Lion King is kind of a animated. Uh, but what do you all think of the live-action Disney films? Have you guys been enjoying those? Honestly, the only one I have actually seen is Beauty and the Beast. I I've seen bits and pieces of Jungle Book. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of Cinderella. I mean, it it's okay. I I don't see what the need for it is. Well, but I, I'm glad I'm glad to know it's not taking the the actual animation script and going, OK, we're going to do this word for word. And here's the. Yeah, I, I like the retelling part of it, too. Yeah. A little um, plussing going on. Yeah. And that Winnie the Pooh movie is really cute. Oh, yes. And we're going to review that, that here later. So don't say too much. <laughs> All right. I will. But yeah, so so far, you know, these are have been fairly well. I, I I've liked most of them, uh, and 
I, I, I go back and forth on which ones that I like the animated version better. Uh, like the Jungle Book, I actually think it, it, it topped the animated a little bit. Because the animated is fun, and I'm always going to like that one. But I don't know, the, what they did with that live action was, it was turned it into a great adventure story. And I really like what they did. But the next thing coming down the line here is Lady and the Tramp. But what's interesting is this apparently is being made specifically for the new Disney streaming service, which is coming out soon. I don't know exactly when, but it's coming soon. I saw that oh. it was late 2019. Ah, late 2019. Well, we're going to bank on that because uh, they probably will have it ready because Disney has been cracking down trying to uh, even get Star Wars rights away from Ted Turner in order to put those on, even though he, apparently he's got a contract for another six years until 2024. So we'll, I, I, I want to see how that's going to play out. That'll be entertaining. Uh, but we've got stuff going on here with Lady and the Tramp, and they have done some casting for the Tramp. Uh, they have somebody named Ashley Jensen, uh, and she is playing Jackie, which was originally Jock. Now, this might get a lot of people going like, hey, why are you swapping genders on characters? Because that happens. And I don't understand why they would do it either, other than I guess they thought they wanted more female characters in the story. But that makes me miss Jock. I love Jock the way he was, so Jackie's got a lot to live up to. We'll just see. Uh, and also, let's see, where did I find the name of the guy? Justin Thoreau is going to be playing the Tramp. Uh, I think there's been a few names batted around for Lady, uh, like Reese Witherspoon, but I don't think they've actually announced anything specific. Uh, now, here would be the, my question. Would you rather to have complete CGI dogs, or would you like to have... A bit of mix, kind of like the, the Cats and Dogs movies where you'd have a live animal, but then you could also maybe mix in a little bit of puppetry and a little bit of CGI, but have some actual dogs. What do you think? I would go for the CGI, but that's just because I, I kind of like how that went with the Jungle Book movie. See, but I didn't, I didn't mind Cats and Dogs um, with the way that was done. It could, I mean, it could work either way. Yeah. The, what makes me nervous is when we see something in CGI and it's something that we're so familiar with, like a dog, it'll, it'll scream fake for us so much. And we won't buy into it unless it's done perfectly and looks like a real dog. So I, I, it makes me nervous on how this might be done because, you know, they, I mean, granted, they, we've gotten so good now of what we've gotten to see in, you know, like in the Jungle Book, those animals did look very real. I mean, we could tell though that they weren't the real thing, but there were I mean, you took some still shots of that and it, you know, you couldn't tell a difference. So it is really impressive what they can do now, but I, I think right. sometimes when we see something that that's common to us, you know, I'll take, for example, Jumanji. <laughs> Those effects look about as realistic as a parade float. <laughs> hmm. So it's very careful when it's something that we humans have seen before and they do a computer version of it, we don't always buy it. But, you know, we were a long way since Jumanji, though, now. So they might be able to pull off of completely CG. What makes me nervous is this is one of my favorite films. I remember when I first saw it, we rented the videotape. I think we watched it three times that night. Just adore this movie. I haven't watched it in a while, but... And it's kind of like how Dumbo, I was nervous for Dumbo, but that last trailer's kind of got me convinced that I might like it. 
some of these and things Tim are Burton's on that too. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what made me nervous is Tim Burton because sometimes he makes scary clowns and stuff, and I was like, uh oh. But I think he's uh, you know he's expressed how much he loves the original, and I love it too. That's one of my old favorites. And but it looks like he he basically was making a love movie for anybody who loves Dumbo. So I think Tim Burton's going to make me very happy. Well, let's just hope they make me happy with Lady and the Tramp as well. <laughs> let's just hope. Uh, but I did go and find a collection uh, from an article on The Hollywood Reporter from 2016 of all the films that are still on the slate. And actually, while I was away at my institute, uh, I did have a conversation with a guy on his Facebook Live about some of the things that we're still expecting that are a little bit odd, like Genies, a live-action prequel focused on Aladdin's genie. Uh, maybe how it becomes a genie. Who knows? Uh, I'm not sure where that's going. Cruella, though. Uh, basically, I think that's supposed to be mainly a retelling of 101 Dalmatians, maybe from Cruella's point of view. Uh, they have talked about having Emma Stone in there and directed by Alex Timbers. I think, actually, in Christopher Robin, we got a little hint that this is on the way because there's a blatant uh, lady crossing with a Dalmatian in front of the camera for no good reason other than, like, is that Perdita? You know? So I think this is definitely happening. There's still talk of Disney doing a version of The Little Mermaid. Uh, we've recently heard of Maleficent 2. I'm not seeing that one. Uh, 2016, they were still calling it Winnie the Pooh, and we now know it would turn out to be Christopher Robin. Uh, we are still are hearing about a sequel to The Jungle Book, which there's a lot of stories still in Rudyard Kipling's book that could be told. You don't necessarily have to follow Mowgli. We're also hearing something about a Peter Pan live action. Also... Uh, we're hearing about Reese Witherspoon playing Tinkerbell in a Tinkerbell movie. Uh, we're hearing about a live-action Snow White. And then Rose Red, Snow White's sister, is apparently getting some sort of film. Uh, Pinocchio, Sword in the Stone, a Prince Charming film, uh, a Chippendale film. I, I haven't heard anything on that in a while, but I'm still excited for that. But my, what I'm starting to wonder about and why I looked this article up is, are they going to make these... For the theater, or are they now going to start leaning towards doing these for the streaming service? I think some of these, like the main ones, like Snow White and Pinocchio, like the big ones, probably we will see in the theaters, but maybe these side ones like Red Rose and the Prince Charming movie or Genies, maybe that's something they're intending for their streaming service. What do you guys think? That well, would be I, great content. Yeah, it would. I I know what's being slated for theaters is Mulan, Lion King... Aladdin, um, not the prequel, but Aladdin. Yeah, which we're expecting next spring, I believe. Yes, but I know. Well, Lion King's expected for next year as well. Ooh. I'm pretty and, excited uh, for that too. one too. Um, and I think, and of course, Milan's on the slate. Yeah, as well. Plus, I said Milan. Yep, you did. So Milan, genie, er, Milan, Aladdin. And Lion, Lion King. King, yeah. We know those are coming pretty quick. Yeah. So, and they could be very good. I'm, I'm hoping they are, because I, I, I know I've, I've got some friends that, like, hate it every time Disney has been remaking these, but I, I, I've enjoyed most of them. And I'm pretty excited to have Jackie Chan in Mulan, because I love Jackie Chan. So, 
I'm I'm pretty excited to see what they do with it. Because I, I like I think Mulan can have a lot more action because you're supposed to be at war with the Huns, you know. Uh, so I I expect some some heavy adventure on that one. Even Aladdin could have a lot more adventure quality to it, and maybe put some songs back in that were taken from the original, like the uh, Proud of Your Boy and stuff like that. So right. my my thing that I worry about is Will Smith as Gene. Yeah, he's got a lot to live up to. I'm going to give him a fair chance. He can be very charming. So we'll see. I just hope he doesn't turn into, this is Will Smith playing Will Smith as the genie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my next Getting story we already talked about. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but boom. Um, I'm going to step outside of Disney for something real quick, just because this was cool. And I, I got to watch on YouTube. This was at a Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. Patrick Stewart comes out and shares a little bit about him being a Shakespearean actor. And when he was first cast in a Star Trek thing, he had a lot of people like, who is this Shakespearean guy? And uh, and he even said, you know, after finishing some of the last stuff, he was never coming back to Star Trek. Because after you've done Star Trek, he would audition for something. And they said, oh, well, we don't want a Captain Picard in this role. Uh, but... He did also, after all of that, talked about how much it has meant to him to have the fan base uh, that that Captain Picard meant so much to him that he announced that he is returning to the role of Captain Picard. Well, not really Captain, but Picard is coming back in some sort of Star Trek series. Don't know what it's going to be called. We don't know if he's like an admiral by now, but it is supposed to be after that last film. And so even though that's not a Disney thing, that is a geek out thing that I think is pretty awesome. So did anybody else have like a half freak out when you heard of this? I wasn't surprised. <laughs> that's true. So, um, but I mean, a lot of it for me is being in entertainment as well. You know, stuff like this. I'm not as caught off guard as, as many other people. What well, makes so me it's wonder. It's definitely fitting for him. Yes. Yeah. What makes me wonder, though, is we, if we can see any other Next Generation cast members make a return. Well, my other question is, too, uh, like with Star Trek Discovery, is it in the the Abrams universe but before, or is it still pre-Shatner original series universe? Uh, well, between, I th- between Enterprise and I think it's supposed to be in between Enterprise and Star Trek. However, the effects of the Abrams incident is supposed to be pretty far reaching because uh, I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I have heard the Klingons are quite different. Uh, and they have apparently come up with a reason for the Klingons being different. And then it has to do with the Klingon Empire having so many different planets that there's a little bit of a mixture of the Klingon race between other planets. Right. So, well, that makes sense. So I don't know if they thought of that before or this is something they've thought of because people were saying stuff like, why are the Klingons so different in this series? So, and all we ever, I remember the only explanation before Worf would just said, oh, well, we don't like to talk about it, you know, <laughs> which was just yeah. funny. <laughs> so, not sure what's going on with that. Uh, but there was... Speaking of people with odd faces, there was a little bit of a tease, apparently, that we're going to see some more of the Red Skull after Infinity War. And this is all from uh, a little thing from the Russo brothers. Oh, and this popped up on Twitter. Uh, But let me just read what they said. It said, Red Skull is free to leave Vormir, and he is also free to pursue his desire for an Infinity Stone. 
That's mm. that's the only thing we can confirm is that the Russo brothers have said that. So that says to me, at least in the next Avengers film, which should be coming out this next year, we're going to see the Red Skull again. That's that's a heavy one. <laughs> that's yeah. huge. It's huge. What he's going to do, we don't know, because he seems to be like a reformed Red Skull. Like he's learned some things, pondering the universe well, from afar. So, well, they didn't specifically say he's going to be in the next Avengers movie, did they? They didn't specifically spell it out, but they said that he can leave the planet and is free to pursue the Infinity Stones. Okay. Well, here, here's an. I mean, that can be a tease, mm-hmm. but. Um, remember the the Fox deal is pretty much a done deal now. Yeah. What about House of M? That would be awesome. I didn't read the entire House of M, but of course now their version of the Scarlet Witch they've had it doesn't seem to be as powerful as the comic version. So I don't know if her making the statement no more mutants would actually cause anything. True, but. I mean, if if they did something like Secret Wars, the most recent Secret Wars, to explain how the X-Men from the Fox universe come into the MCU. Yeah, I didn't read the newer Secret Wars. That that could be something that that could be entertaining and definitely open up. Okay, now we have Inhumans and Mutants. Mm-hmm. Away we go. Yeah, uh, some of the things that I actually discussed with some of the people at the Institute is, you know, could we say that they're from an alternate world or is there a way to reboot the X-Men? And here would be my thought, because uh, it's one of the things in the Marvel Universe itself. It's always been weird that you have all these people with powers and people don't have a problem with them. But the mutants somehow or another, those are the ones you have a problem with. So you have to introduce them in a way to make it make sense. And I had the thought, well, what if Xavier has had this school this whole time and hasn't done anything? But because the Avengers have become well-known across the world, they're thinking, well, maybe if if we're if, if people can see us as part of, like, like Avengers, they'll like us as well. But what I would do is keep to mutants that maybe have... A, would have a difficulty because you got Cyclops. He can't control those blasts. Nightcrawler. He looks like a demon. Uh, Professor Xavier. He, can he read my mind at all times? Can he? What about my private thoughts? Can he know everything? Wolverine. Oh my gosh, this guy has claws in his hand. Can we trust him? He's kind of scary. And you know, but you you pick the right mutants that maybe have something that people could be afraid of them individually, and you could establish as them of being untrusted. Uh, and not right. being treated like well, they're part of the Avengers, you know? That, that's why I say, you know, do the Secret Wars, because that's where, you know, they bring in key characters from other worlds and make them a part of the 616. Oh, yeah, and that's how we got the Ultimate Universe mixed in and stuff. Correct. Ah. So that's how, that's how they could easily almost do the same thing to say, this is what we're doing to... Uh, to make it what it is. So do you think if they were to do that, would you would you like to see Miles Morales as a live action character? Uh why not? I mean it, it's gonna eventually happen. <laughs> it probably will. Uh, and, I, and I believe just like with with Spider Gwen 
and with um, Gwenpool, they could be a part of the MCU without violating anything with um, cinematic universe of or Sony's universe of Marvel characters, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it, it's what they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, I, I read that today. It's going to be Sony's uh, universe yeah. Marvel characters. Hmm. Yeah, is... you're right. And that's their excuse for Venom, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we were going to talk about in the trailer park, but I'm skipping the trailer park this week. Um, other things I wanted to dive into a little bit uh, that happened while I was away is we've lost Charlotte Ray, Mrs. Garrett from The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. Uh, she taught us a lot when we were children. If you're all, you all look to be close to my age, so uh, she'll definitely be missed. No Disney connection at all that I'm aware of. I don't think she ever voiced a character for Disney, uh, but uh, we're definitely gonna miss her. Also, Grandmaster Sex A from Too Cool, and also known as Brian Christopher Lawler, has passed away. Uh, and I don't want to get into the circumstances because I don't think it bears mention. It's very, very sad. Uh, and also the wrestler who was known as Nikolai Volkov uh, passed away within the last couple of weeks. This was a guy that was so committed Patrick, to the character. Same, huh? Same, same weekend as Brian Christian. Yeah, same weekend. Uh, and... You know, this was a guy so committed to the character, and back in the '80s, when you we didn't allow it to go out that we were playing characters, that he was the evil Russian in the '80s during the Cold War, and he got so much flack all the time he could barely walk out in public because somebody would actually assault him. So now there, that was there was a third there was a third wrestler that died. Uh, Who was that? I'm to find it, uh, and he actually died the the same weekend as well. Wow, my goodness. Uh, give me a quick second. I'm close to to having it. Um, I want a site that I go to for wrestling news, and of course, it's gonna be buried. <laughs> well, while you're looking uh, for that uh, to keep things moving, uh, the other news that happened while I was away is, uh, and let me, I'm gonna pull out his actual quote. Uh, this was from Jeremy Bullock. We all know him as. Boba Fett uh, he wasn't the voice but he was the guy in the costume and he says dear friends it is with a heavy heart that I have decided to stop attending conventions and hang up the Fett helmet it has not been an easy decision to make in 1979 I was called onto the set of Empire Strikes Back to play Boba Fett and since that day it has changed the entire direction of my life in such a wonderful way it has been a privilege to have had opportunity to inspire so many generations of Star Wars fans I have had over 20 years of traveling with my wife Maureen to some amazing countries and I've met so many wonderful fans. Thank you all so much and we will miss you all. May the force be with you always. Uh, and so he has officially retired from visiting conventions. I unfortunately never got a chance to meet him. Uh, but he's an older gentleman. I completely understand why he would want to go ahead and step down. Uh, so he will be missed, but we thank him for at least spending 20 years meeting fans. Uh, that's that's a lot. So I, we appreciate I'm glad it. I was able to get him, even for a brief interview from Megacon 2013 uh, for Weeby Geeks. Awesome. Uh, the other so. only last thing I have on the list was that we have learned that Trader Sam is going to appear in the Jungle Cruise film. I didn't read any more on the article. I was just, that's good enough for me because I figured you have to include stuff. So I'm not really surprised yeah. by that. 
I just wonder though if, if he's gonna be kind of a, a bit of a villain. Like maybe he'll be after the Rock's head. Maybe even make him a deal because it's supposed to be the Rock and uh, that girl. Hey, you're two heads for one of mine. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I guess my question is gonna be: With the Chief, are they gonna are they gonna give him the name Chief Chief Nani? What is it? Was it? How was it? Chief? No, Nami? Something like that. I know it ain't Chief Chirpa. No. Uh, And the other wrestler was Brickhouse Brown. He was supposed to be brought in to replace Junkyard Dog when Junkyard Dog left. Huh. I don't think I'm familiar with him. Yeah, he was a a lesser known uh, low tier or or low card wrestler. Ah. Okay, well, I'm sure there's plenty of people to mourn his loss as well. Normally, we would do a tribute episode for all these uh, lost folks that uh, we've we've lost, but uh, we have some very significant stuff that we need to discuss, and which is why these two gentlemen have joined me. Uh, but real quick, uh, talk a little bit about where the people can find you and maybe anything you've got going on. So I know I know people know where to find Mike, but go ahead and tell everybody anyway. Uh, websites: WeBeGeeks.net. MightyMarvelGeeks.net, WookieRadio.net, the network, WeBeGeeksPC.com, Facebook, uh, at WeBeGeeksPC, at MightyMarvelGeeks, at WookieRadio, Twitter, it's MarvelGeeks, WeBeGeeks, WookieRadio, and just look for Mighty Marvel Geeks, WeBeGeeks, and Wookie Radio on Instagram. Yeah, and every once in a while on Wookie Radio, you might hear me because I was part of a panel to discuss some Star Wars stuff, which yes, I, I missed an episode. Though. Smugglers. <laughs> I missed an uh, episode yeah. while I was away, though. Well, that, but that's that's the whole purpose, though, uh, of the Smugglers Alliance. Is you know we have a crew, whoever's available gets together and chat. If you if you're not available, no big deal. There there always will be more. So yeah. So, everybody, download Wookiee Radio just so you can find me. I think our last discussion was solo. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But then Jeff Revere. Uh, I'm not as familiar with some of your stuff there, Jeff, so why don't you tell us about it? Well, I've been around the Internet. I've got a computer science degree, um, graduated in 2008, but I have just started coming out publicly on social media in a different way. Um, I've created a website called Disney Inspired. You can find me there. That'll get you to my social as well. Um, but there's a lot that we can talk about after you introduce it. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. And this is the point, parents, where if you you want to maybe screen what we talk about uh, before your children listen in. I mean, normally my show is very fun and upbeat. Uh, we're, we might take a slightly darker turn here, and this some of the subject matter may not be appropriate for your children. So if you would like to pause this and shoo your children out of the room, or if you're driving your kids to school right now and you want to just listen later and then determine if you think it's okay for your children, uh, this would be the time. But right now, let's play that sounder. To Disney and beyond. Okay, so before I went away uh, at the San Diego Comic-Con, some news broke, and uh, I mean, I guess we have to back it up with the way the way the world. <laughs> yes, the the way the world has been here lately is we don't talk about our differences so much 
we just start insulting each other. And we've seen some of this attitude leak into Star Wars fandom already, where even people who did not like The Last Jedi, and that's fair if you didn't, something about the movie you just didn't like, but when they would criticize it, the producers of the film and even other fans would attack and name call, and you'd get every ist under the book. Uh, And it's like divisions happening in fandom. And that makes me nervous now because I'm seeing a potential for another divide uh, because at San Diego Comic-Con and they're blaming it on certain groups that wanted to go and deface James Gunn because of his political opinions. I'm not worried about that. But they dug up on his Twitter feed. I don't know how long this went on. His reason is that he was trying to be a provocateur. But James Gunn apparently made jokes. Hmm? They went back 10, 12 years to get some of these. Wow. And, And pulled them off an archive because he had deleted them shortly after he came on to, to do guardians. Ah, and that's, that's an important thing to remember that he did delete these, but yeah, apparently there's some, uh, some Holocaust humor. I don't know how you make humor of that. Some rape jokes or something, something about pedophilia. And he was no, apparently I, trying to get attention remember, at the time. I don't remember the Holocaust humor. Yeah, I read that on yet another article, uh, which is why I figured I had to dive into this because that's one of the things I guess they listed that there was something about the Holocaust or some other stuff. Uh, now, I, I read it. I read a good number of them. I haven't read the actual tweets. I don't want to. I, I don't remember seeing any Holocaust humor in it. Yeah. And with my background, if it was there, I would be very upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very upset. Well, um, either way. Yeah. I'm going to search for that afterward. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I don't think I saved the articles here, but yeah, there was a, a more recent one that I saw that even was saying David Hasselhoff has jumped in. Uh, but yes, apparently though, he's gotten some b- bad stuff. He did delete them. Uh, and I think he has acknowledged that they were pretty stupid because really, if you're trying to get attention, that's one of the dumbest ways to do it. Uh, so overall, we will say that he did something incredibly stupid, incredibly dumb. And in my opinion, yes, okay, he, you've apologized. But because this has come out, I think Disney, to protect their brand, because they have that family-friendly brand, they did need to separate themselves from James Gunn. And so I, can, I completely understand Disney's decision. Uh, and uh, the cast, I know they've signed the positions, and but part of the problem that I'm seeing is you have some of the fans that are willing to forgive and forget already, and well, well okay, I can understand that. As I think a lot of things, when bad things happen, let's think of Winona Ryder. We love her again in Stranger Things, and we've almost forgotten about her, her shoplifting incidents, and you know, there's a lot of celebrities and people all over that make mistakes, but if you just, okay, well, I need to step back, acknowledge the mistake, and just step away from the limelight a little bit and then come back, usually we're able to forgive and forget. But I I see a problem with the cast jumping in because, yes, some fans would say, well, rehire them. But with the cast, what they're doing, and Dave Bautista, I think specifically, keeps getting this brought up again, we're not going to be allowed to forgive and forget because he's going to keep bringing it up. And he's definitely not helping by name-calling anyone who agrees with Disney, thinking, no, hey, or or the people who brought it up. You know, by name-calling and whatsoever – I, I worry he's adding into what could be a division of fans and with the people who are concerned about the division hurting solo, 
would a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie be harmed by a split in the fandom because some people may have a bad taste in their mouth from what the cast maybe they feel maybe the cast being supportive of some of the wrong things that that uh, James Gunn did by giving him support at all and I don't think they're intending to condone what he did I think they just you know we we have to maybe look and this I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase from Real Brian from the Real Brian show who wasn't able to join us cuz he didn't know if he could keep a positive but I think he did he brought it up a little bit on his show and said um that we we all have to remember yes he definitely screwed up but we all screw up and the, what we want to look at is has he continued to screw up that way or has he stopped being that screw up and found a way to redeem himself? And so that is the question we all have to kind of ask ourselves, you know, of how we want to consider him. Because, yeah, he, he messed up. Definitely. Are we, can we let that go at some point? Do we, do we feel he is still exhibiting that sort of behavior in any fashion or do we think he's made up for it? But either way you look at it. I am concerned about a split in the fandom if Dave Bautista continues to name call or bring this up repeatedly to where when a third Guardians film comes out, are we going to be able to forget all of this and just go and enjoy the movie? So that's kind of where I was coming at from this. Bautista hasn't been consistent on his own. Mm -mm. Um, So what's been happening with Blue Tista? Well, Blue Tista has come out and said... He's going to quit if if James Gunn's not brought back to do Guardians 3. Then it has changed that Blue Tista has come out and said, I'm going to quit if we don't use James's script. So which is it? Yeah, I, I don't even know contractual if, contractually if he would be allowed to quit. Unless it's going to be a huge uh, financial loss on his part. He might have to pay his well, way out of the contract. If they if they don't want to bring them back, it, it's real easy to do. <laughs> they don't have to reverse the snap on him. That's true, right? Although exactly. that movie has already been filmed, so you'd have to recut Infinity War two. Well, it depends how far how much of him is in it after the snap. That's true. That's true. After that return too. So, um, and Dave yeah. Batista doesn't really have a leg to stand on either. He's not got anything else going for him except for minor roles right well yeah he's got like a lot of small movies when you look at his history he's done a lot of b movies and uh, he might even be in a few things that the wwe has produced yeah well here here's my big beef with all this let's say part of the reason why gun um, deleted his tweets is probably is because Disney said, "Hey, please remove these." <laughs> yeah, and Mike. then now they're coming back and saying, "Oh, you put all these out. This doesn't fit our image and what we're doing." Bye bye. Well, I oh. think the, the difference is now we know about it, and maybe before the public didn't know. Right, and. He had 10 years to delete those. Mm-hmm. He should have deleted them when he was first well, in talks with Disney. He did. Then where'd they come from? He, they came from one of these Twitter archives that he, that Twitter has out there. Cause I, I've seen him with some other people, other people on Twitter. Oh, check this out. And it takes you to an archive of their, 
of their tweets. And the and uh-huh. the guy who pulled them up went to some of these archives and pulled them up just to get gun for whatever reason. Yeah. And this guy went fishing to get these tweets. Up. Yeah. This guy up. went this guy went fishing to get these tweets, especially to go back to 2007, 2008. Yeah, and that's pretty despicable too. Just digging, digging in to try to dig dirt. I don't even like it when politicians do it, trying to dig dirt on on people and try to just like, oh well, look at you. And it it comes back to what Real Brian was saying. It's like, well, there is stuff. A lot of us have stuff in our past, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be judged on stuff in our past because we've probably changed and are a different person from the person who made some of those dumb mistakes. Because sometimes we do something stupid and we learn our lesson because. That was really stupid. Now, granted, I think a lot of these things, you know, tweeting it, I'm pretty sure that James Gunn knew better when he tweeted it, but he was trying to draw attention to himself. He was being a provocateur, and which was, I'm sure he knows now, was incredibly stupid and dumber than he probably thought it was when he did it the first time. And I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't delete a few things even along the way, like, well, I really shouldn't have said that. And... Uh, and I'm sure he, at some point, he probably didn't have the thought of, I, I really shouldn't do this. And he must have stopped at some point realizing that that's, that was just wrong of me. Uh, so, Well, let, let's think about this, too. When he wrote a lot of these, he, wasn't he working with, uh, with Kaufman with the trauma company? I don't know. The makers of Toxic Avenger and all that. And who's to say that those tweets weren't a byproduct of his time there? They were for a project, for sure. Yeah. I've seen that well, in articles. But, yeah, I, he probably at some point, you know, has – you have to draw a line to say, no, I, I don't want to state these even and put them out there on social media. But, you know, at the time 10 years ago, did anybody realize that – you know, it's it's like writing it on a stone tablet. You put it out there on the internet; it is out there, and things that you conceal in darkness will be brought to the light. Uh, so it will right. come back to bite you. And I don't know if you know. Ten years ago, when he did this, he really thought that any of this could ever come back. W- yeah. Would anyone back then know that this would have come back? Yeah, he might not have thought that far did. ahead. I think we did. Yeah, because because there's Yahoo uh, messaging boards that are still out there. Hmm. Yeah, I think you can still find archives if you have like a Ask Yahoo, you know, and, uh, where you were trying to figure something on your computer. You can find stuff of how people were trying to still fix like Windows Seven and everything. <laughs> it's right. still there. So uh, he might not have thought that far ahead. I don't think he he he. I, I don't want to don't know if it was just momentary stupidity that made him even tweet these to begin with, because even tweeting it, you'd, you'd have to be like, "This is really wrong. I shouldn't tweet this." That ha- that thought has to be in your head. Uh, and so I don't know right. what made him go ahead and do it. Uh, I don't want to judge the guy because I've never met him. I'm sure he reg- if he didn't regret it before, I'm sure he regrets it now. Uh, I, I want to try to give him the benefit of the doubt that he must have had some regrets at some point of about ever saying stuff like that. Uh, but like I said, I haven't read them. I don't care to read them. I, you know, I, I prefer to live in a positive world. Uh, I, I still, though, despite I want to be able to forgive and forget and move on with him at some point, I still agree with Disney's decision to have to separate from him. And I think it might be okay to go ahead and use his script 
Uh, and I think they can still pay him for that. And then maybe get uh, well, whoever that was that directed Thor Ragnarok to helm the project. Because I think he'd be a great with a Guardians of the Galaxy film, considering what he did with Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he would. Because he he was my favorite. And when that all came out, it, it was just like, what? Yeah, it broke what your heart, happening? didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are my favorite of the MCU. So I I don't discredit him for being a great guy in that respect. Yeah, but, great creator, but boy, that's some but, terrible things to do. It's strong, and mm-hmm. it's not the only area where Disney is having this issue either. Yeah, which brings up another thing. <laughs> so you're uh, preparing a letter to Bob Iger. Yes. That's going to take about a week, week and a half, uh, based on the amount of time that I can dedicate to it. But I think that, that Bob Iger needs to know that from an outside perspective, what's happening there is something that he needs to deal with and he's responsible for. And allowing everyone to continue with Lucasfilm to attack the fans and um, – you know, what we're starting to see with Marvel now, it just started with Brie Larson saying that something about uh, she didn't want to hear crit- criticism or critiques from uh, white guys. What? 40 or something. Uh. And I'm like, OK, where is all this coming from? Why is it a lot? Why is it being allowed to continue? I mean, the website that I've got is Disney inspired. So. When I'm trying to get everything together, I want to do critiques about, uh, you know, all the Disney movies saying about how they inspire and whatnot. And then I'm looking at all these instances. It's like, what is going on here? I can't go out there and say Disney inspired Disney inspires when, you know, they're they're attacking the fans. It just confuses me. Yeah. So you're thinking what we need is maybe some regulation on what they are allowed to post on social media. I think that Disney needs to self-regulate. Um, whether they they do it through a social media uh, public relations policy similar to what DC is doing, because I'm not seeing anything like this from DC. Um, <laughs> it's happening, too. Uh, I will just mention three words. Ethan Van Skyver. What um, happened? Uh, Ethan Van Skyver. <laughs> <laughs> as far as we can go with that, uh, I guess. I mean, w- we know he's very political. Uh, he he has come out um, and taken a lot of shots. He he was one of the people behind going out and, and buying all the Rose Tico oh. figures and doing YouTube videos of opening them all up and making snide comments, this, that, and the other. And then he, um, did he, is he the one who burnt them all and stuff like I think that? He might have. Yeah, I think Eric uh, mentioned something about that. What I think is funny about that is that, well, you still gave the money because you bought all these figures. So the joke's on you. Uh, 
And, you know, if you didn't like the character, that's fine. But there's there's definitely got to be a limit to how far you're going to go to say, well, I didn't really enjoy that. Because what happened to be able to just dis- discuss things and just say, you know, I don't know. I just didn't like that character because of this, this, and this. And people consider that a fair opinion. Like, okay, well, that's opinion. You didn't like that character. I enjoyed this character because of this. And be able to talk it and be still fans together. What happened to right. that? Where did it go? <laughs> And I'm afraid of it happening in Marvel. I'm one of those guys who kind of likes Jar Jar Binks, but, you know, I mean. Yeah, I don't have the haterade for Jar Jar because when I first saw, and I still like The Phantom Menace, I actually think it's probably one of the better of the prequels. One and three are the good ones, too, one I could live without. But you know, yeah, I love too. Yeah, see, and Jar Jar, when I first saw the first one, I laughed. I thought he was funny, but after repeated viewings, it's just like, yeah, that kind of gets a little annoying after a while. And right. I don't think The Phantom Menace is a bad film, and I love Liam Neeson in that movie. But that one gets all kinds of flack. But, you know, it's okay if you don't like that movie. That's fine. But I'm allowed to like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the problem with all, where all this has stemmed from is social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just point blank. It's social media. It's the cancer to all this. Yeah, something that should be bringing the world and the country together is we're tearing ourselves apart because everybody, you know, we're so anti-bully that we forget that we just bully each other. And I'm I'm pretty thankful I have not stooped to insulting anybody who's had a different opinion. I'll just, in fact, I see somebody with a different opinion on Facebook. I'm anymore like, oh, I'm just gonna go past that. I just, you know, like, okay, fine, you have your own opinion, that's fine. You know, unless you say if you're if you're though tossing out some haterade out there on Facebook, though, I have confronted some people and I've been blocked by a few people because I pointed out, hey, uh, what you're saying isn't isn't cool. (laughs) That's that's really bad. And they'll block me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Then I don't have to read your hate anymore. Well, here's a lot. A lot of the problem. You've got so many. you, you, You have the vocal minority that's speaking out. And the ma- silent majority is finally getting tired of it. That's true. Absolutely. So, so this whole thing about Lucasfilm coming back and, and making comments and attacking. Well, look at how silent and everything they were during Force Awakens. Look how silent and everything they were during um, Rogue One. Look how silent they were initially after The Last Jedi. And then once the solo promotion stuff started coming out and things were getting worse. Oh, we're going to boycott this. We're going to boycott that all because The Last Jedi sucked. You know what? Broke the straw, broke the camel's back. You're, you're condemning a film before it even comes out because of another film. I, yeah, mean, I think there might have been some other things going on that that set some of the people off that really wanted a boycott. They just didn't seem to like 
some some other things because they talked about being attacked by the company because I even saw even after Last Jedi come out I even saw where and although I think Ryan Johnson handled this well in the, at least this incidence that I saw because people were complaining about the force power of the like the force projection that, that Luke was doing and, and stuff like that and Kylo Ren put out some pretty clever tweets of showing going to a shelf grabbing a book flipping to a page and showing an article that described that power and he says like I didn't pull this out of the air I was actually referencing some previously released material that just hasn't been done in a movie. And right. I think that's fine. That's showing some, you know, definite... No, no, let's go ahead and talk about this. Like, no, I, I, you didn't like this, but no, see, here it is. Uh, you know, so I'm not just pulling stuff out. And that's that's just being respectful of fan and being able to talk about what we liked and didn't like. But yeah, I, that moment where somehow or another it turned to where people were like, that's it, I'm boycotting, I'm not going anymore. I, I, there must have been something else that set them off to go that far. That just doesn't make sense well, to me. It, it, goes, it goes back even further than that. When the, when the merger happened, and then that was 2012. In 2013, when the story group was officially announced as being formed, and they said... The expanded universe is no longer is not canon. That's when you had the fan up. Oh my God, Disney's going to destroy Star Wars. Well, you were getting a little bit of that when the merger was announced. Which funny, a lot of that deal went down before Celebration. A lot of that went down like April, June, July, April, either April or June of twenty twelve got fleshed out went finalized during celebration which was here in Orlando uh, that August I think that was my birthday weekend <laughs> um, and then two months later the announcements made in October I believe it was October 31st October 30th or October 31st I know it was October I don't I'm not sure of the exact date but to have all that and then go starting, oh, Disney's going to destroy Star Wars. Um, where was all of this when Disney bought Pixar? Where was all this when Disney finally bought Muppets and secured a home for Muppets after they had been bounced around ownership after Jim Henson died? Where was all this when Disney bought Marvel? And Marvel was on the edge of bankruptcy. Oh, they're going to destroy Marvel. Well, no. Ten years, 19 movies later in 10 years. And everyone's complaining, oh, there's too much Star Wars. No one's complaining there's too much Marvel, or at least not openly on the Internet. Oh, they are. There's people who have got a, a, a superhero movie uh, fatigue. But then something like Starting Infinity War to. comes out, and they're like, well, I got to see that one, though. <laughs> but... I, I think a lot of the superhero fatigue is you get great movies from Marvel and then you get a bunch of <laughs> but then you also got Wonder Woman though no, that one was the a good only, one. It, it was the only movie that saved DC <laughs> all the others are aren't worth it no yeah, there I mean, there are some that, some things man, to like about it. They're not total waste of time. I mean, I had fun going to uh, the DC movies. Batman, Heart, Superman. <laughs> I mean, 
is it Dark Knight? Is it Trinity? Is it uh, Kingdom Come? Is it Death of Superman? What is it? <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a movie. And I mean, I mean, there, there's, you can go into that movie and just try to have some fun with it and kind of go with it and kill, kind of walk away having a good time. I mean, it's definitely not a great film, but I think it's possible to still have some fun if you're willing to just kind of go along with it. Uh, but yeah, they're not great movies, but they could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, they could, they could be the flash, <laughs> which hasn't come out yet. Yeah, uh, it's on its third director. Boy, I, I, at least the TV show was good. I ha, I, I haven't watched this yeah, last it, season. I think it fell apart, but that's a whole other issue. It, that see, that's the other mistake is they're they're not. I mean, at least with ABC, they somewhat acknowledged. Oh yes, it's all connected. Yeah, even though they didn't utilize the TV shows, that's including Netflix and Hulu into the movies there were still ties in yeah. between the shows into the movies and amongst each other yeah they still said it's the same world and i love yes. how in the first daredevil season they mentioned the uh incident with the in the avengers film uh, and talked about right. the rebuilding I, I liked the just little things that they connect is a really 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 cool really fun uh, oh, but going back to what you were saying with like the expanded universe and all those books and that oh. no, not being canon, George Lucas even said on several occasions that the only things he ever considered canon were the films or anything he's produced or for like television or film that was considered or, canon because a lot of the books the contradicted each other. Or the few things that he pulled out of canon. Yeah. So if, if George wasn't doing it himself in some fashion, it wasn't canon anyway. The books were basically capitalizing on money and a lot of people had stories and they would tell them. But a lot of those outside books didn't mesh together. So, uh, you know, if you enjoy the books, they've re-released those books. That's fine. Yeah. I do appreciate, though, that now we have a story group that's going through. And when they have a book out, they're going to like, OK, let's make sure this fits with the current canon of star wars so all the stories mesh together and i think that they are still trying to take some of the things from the expanded universe the old the legends now that were good and maybe integrate some of those into some of the other films i think they're saying well this was a good idea in fact they even took some of george lucas's original idea before there was luke skywalker he was going to have a, a female character and i think that's why we got ray they're trying well, to go back well, to george's vision Look at Solo. Look at how much expanded universe stuff got thrown into Solo. Oh yeah, I mean people not... complain. Oh, there's not. A, they're taking. We want our EU back, or we want. Well, they're giving you bits and pieces of the EU that even they felt was worth having on there. And the fans are complaining. Oh, I want the EU completely. That's that's not good enough. You're, you know, this group that wanted to run the petition to redo, or the, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing to redo the Last Jedi. One, go for it. You're yeah. going to get sued by Lucasfilm, <laughs> and they're going to back it up with Disney. Two, you're, you're going to ask the fans. Um, the only this going to be one of the shortest Star Wars films ever. It's going to be the opening, opening crawl, and the credits. That's it. Because you're not going to please all the fans on what to put in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy what they're doing. Uh, but Jeff, you were about to throw something in there. Yeah, I have two daughters. So when I saw Ray as the lead character in The Force Awakens, that was really cool because I could connect to the, my daughters. I mean, yeah, I connected with them with Star Wars from the time that they were toddlers, but just having that female character for them was really cool. And I see a lot of this social justice warrior stuff being thrown around out there. And I'm like, but why? Why is that such a huge issue for people that they can't have a female character in the movie? I didn't get okay. that. Yeah, I think that maybe they feel like it's being pushed too far. And I think part of also what it is, when you have some of the old school fans, we went for years where – we we couldn't find girls who were into Star Wars. And when you found one, it was like like finding a girl that would play video games or like Star Wars was like finding a unicorn. And so now having this many girls that are coming out, that, oh yeah, I like to play video games and I like Star Wars and I like superheroes. I think some of the older fans don't know how to deal with it. You know, they they I think that's that shock confusion. Me, I was like, well, where were you before? You know. So I'm right. I'm glad I married a wife that she loves Star Wars and Indiana Jones. She's not really into the comic books, but she's gone with me to most of the Marvel films and. You know, but I, I think there's a lot of these older fans that they don't know how to deal with the fact that, oh, my gosh, there's girls who actually do like Star Wars now. And I think it's awesome. I'm like, oh, cool. Yay. You know, I wish yeah. there was more of you when I was that age. Right. OK. What age group are you classifying as older fans? <laughs> OK, probably maybe your age, my age. I mean, I'm I'm in my early 40s now, but I remember, you know, growing up, we didn't find a whole lot of girls that were into Star Wars. And so when we found a girl that was into liked Star Wars or comic books or anything, it was exciting. We were like, oh, hey, now we want to go and talk to you. And now you get it's it's so much that we get excited that I think there's been girls that complain that they're playing a video game or what are playing Overwatch and people find out that that's really a girl playing they get excited and want to go and talk to her too much and they feel like okay this is too much attention or they have people that are so not used to girls playing games that they're like they, they have that disbelief and they end up being kind of insulting like yeah you're really not a real gamer it's like no she is it's a new thing there's girls who like this stuff now uh, you know and get excited about it i mean yay we're all getting stuff we can do together now that's pretty awesome i think yeah well See, I have a daughter as well. And before I took her to see um, Force Awakens, we watched the original trilogy. And at the time, she fell in love with um, with Princess Leia. There you go. So in, in the beginning, there was a strong female hero for her to identify with even from the original series. Yeah. Right. So to say, oh, we need Jen now. Well, yes and no. That There's no reason. For, for a lot of the fans complaining about, oh, you got Ray. Oh, there's Jen. Oh, it's too much of a female agenda. Uh, well, as Jeremy said earlier, Luke was originally supposed to be a female. So, um, there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> as, as I have 
a brain fart on that. Yeah. Um, so just like, get. I think if everybody just gets into their head that hey, you know, there's women who like Star Wars now, and as long as I don't care if a character's female, if it's a good character and I like that character, I'm down with it. I've enjoyed Ray's arc. I, she's an interesting character. Uh, so I'm enjoying watching it, her interactions, and I liked Rose. I thought it was kind of weirdly rushed that she, she suddenly goes and uh, she's in love with uh, with uh, um, Finn. That was a little awkward and forced, I thought, but I still enjoyed the character. She was she was interesting, and her and her sister was a good story. So, and, you know, if they make a good female character that I can enjoy, uh, the one thing that I think they do have to be careful about with introducing female characters is not making them seem like they're forced because, you know, right now in Hollywood, would they've noticed oh hey there's an audience for this and when hollywood sees an audience they start shoving stuff out there because there's money in it and if they're not if they don't let it go naturally they're like well let's just have some female characters Uh, if they start shoving a little too much you start getting like well this doesn't feel like a real character anymore now this feels like we have a female just so we can have a female and we don't have a real person that i can identify with I mean, because, I mean, stuff I've read lately, I mean, Red Sonja's coming back, a bunch of other female characters there. I mean, Hollywood is digging around for for what they're calling a strong female character, which I wish somebody would define exactly what makes a woman strong, because she doesn't have to be a superhero to be a strong woman, for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> there's there's a lot of other ways women can be strong. So let's let's give women a hand for being strong, even if they don't appear to be Hollywood strong. Um, but yeah, I, Hollywood's right now digging around, trying to find more female characters to bring, to make movies because they see dollar signs in it. And I don't want them to go so far to where suddenly now they're creating women, female characters or putting female characters out there and not letting us identify with them or relate to those and like those characters when they present them to us. So I think there is that danger of, Oh, rush, 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 get it out there, get it out there. And not taking time to just make a character. We enjoy it. We don't care if female male or whatever we just enjoy that character yeah that's why wonder woman worked we loved wonder woman because she was a great character right and the cw shows do that yeah make us care about the character and and people will be fine so uh but i really need to wrap this up uh any closing thoughts though you want to shoot out there real quick not in a short amount of time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this, this is a topic that could easily be discussed for more than one or two episodes. I mean, yeah. we we kind of briefly touched about it during our solo roundtable over on Wookiee Radio. Um, it's We skirted around it. In the early stages on Wookie Radio, I think over on Weeby Geeks, um, we've touched on the James Gunn thing over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, biggest thing, I guess my biggest final thought is stop the PC crap. It's getting to be too much. And everyone put on their, their big girl pants and, and stand up and walk right. No more timeout rooms because... Sorry, if you want to be treated like a kid, fine. Go to your timeout, put your face in the corner, and know you do not get your milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, uh, did, did you have any way that people can help you out with your letter? Because you were looking for cast members who maybe got fired because of something they tweeted. Yeah, what I was looking for was just anybody who got fired. I was kind of on this thing about gun 
and why nothing was happening as far as I could see um, with him saying, I don't know if I can say the word on here. Yeah, um, probably not. <laughs> yeah. We're so, a family show as best we can. Yeah. So um, just the, the things that are happening over there. Uh, but if anybody wants to connect with me, just go to Disney Inspired. You can find me on social from there. And let me know of anything that's bothering you with what's going on with Disney. But be nice about it. There's no reason to be uncivil because we're all in the end. We are all fans. We all care about this stuff. We care about our Marvel characters. We care about our Star Wars characters. We care about our Disney movies that we love and our Disney characters. We all love it. Just just because somebody maybe doesn't like a character as much as you doesn't mean that you have to fight over it. Just share with it. And, you know, because, heck, I even had a great time with uh, this fellow cadre with his show on, on Facebook Live. There were some movies that I don't like that he enjoyed. And we're still friends friends over we can talk about what we liked and didn't like and have fun with it i mean that's what fandom is supposed to be is be able to talk about stuff we love or don't love or or whatever you know we have a good time but you know it's that vocal minority (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think you can say some of those words on the neverland podcast (laughs) you mean words like and fantastic eggs and waffles, rutabaga, <laughs> peas and carrots. Exactly. Uh, no, we don't say peas because uh, I don't like peas. Peas are gross. But I like <laughs> carrots as long as you don't cook them. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 